top of the morning everybody today august 13 2019 welcome back on another episode of let's talk sports on today's morning drive not to work today i'm actually heading to the dealership to bring my car for repairs uh today we're gonna be talking nfl and nba then gotta send a quick shout out at the end stay tuned uh first off i'm gonna apologize i'm not gonna promise episodes again i feel like when i promised three i've delivered two last week i promised you guys two and i only delivered on one so for that my apologies uh a lot of things have been changing for me a lot of priorities i've been on the go a lot hence the reason why my episodes are a little far in between but I am working on getting you guys uh, another great episode where I'm going to be sitting down with some people so we can chop it up. So today, we're going to start it off with the NFL. Antonio Brown staying in the headlines. Now, if you didn't know, um, Antonio Brown is demanding that he gets to play with his helmet. So his old helmet, the NFL has banned new helmet to uh, implement some new some new helmets. Um, according to sources, these helmets provide better vision, a wider range of vision, a little more comfort, and of course, with CTE and concussion still being a big topic in the NFL, these helmets are supposed to provide even more safety for the players. Antonio Brown, however, likes his helmet, likes his old helmet, and would like to keep it. And he has threatened to retire should he not be able, should he not be given the the right to wear his helmet. Whew, where do we start? So, first off, address the obvious, the elephant in the room here. Um, I am sure that the safety measures I just mentioned are a big part of the reason why the NFL does so. But let's not kid ourselves. The NFL is a business first and foremost. And the main reason they're doing this is for money, right? New helmets means new equipment needs to be bought, which means more money. The, I mean, we see it all the time. NFL teams come out with new jerseys. They come out with alternate jerseys. They come out, NFL comes out with a Pro Bowl jersey, right? Uh, NBA does it as well. They have Christmas jerseys. They have alternate home jerseys. Uh, all these things. I mean, as much as it adds to the interaction with the fans, uh, you know, adds a bit of, uh, how do I say, exclusivity to these items, the truth is, it's really a money grab. So the NFL doing so, especially, sorry, the NFL banning helmets, especially when such helmet was still legal and um, was able to be used just years ago, it seems to me like you're stretching. Now, at the same time, Antonio Brown threatening to retire for it, uh, retire because of that, to me is a little childish. Now, I don't have the details to know what what steps he has taken to address this issue. Um, my understanding is there was a meeting with uh, with the NFL. I still don't know the outcome of that. But my thing is this. If before you even sat down and met, you're threatening to retire, like, we understand you're one of the best receivers in the game. We understand your talent is undeniable. 
but there's got to be a better way to do this, right? And now, once again, Antonio Brown in the news for as much as it's football-related, but off-field antics. This is how I feel. So sorry, but before I say how I feel, Antonio Brown, uh, those the the latest articles I'm reading are saying that Antonio Brown is asking to hold the NFL in- accountable should he occur any injuries with these new helmets. Now, with this situation, I agree 100%. <laughs> the way I feel is this: is if a player is going out of his way to say, "I want to wear this," which is not standard. NFL equipment. No, I shouldn't say not standard. Not standard NFL approved equipment. I think he, he has the right to do so. Because let's be honest, banning that equipment, as I mentioned, does nothing other than a money grab for the NFL. So my thing is this. If the real reasons you're doing so is for the safety of the players... If a player goes out of his way and says, you know what? I require some accommodations to the tools that I'm being given to do my job. I think it's on the employer to try to make those accommodations. The NFL came out um, recently because Antonio Brown, of course, trying to make this a big, a big deal. The NFL went on Twitter to post that players must practice and play with the approved equipment. And should a player choose not to do so, he will not get paid as he's in the breach of his contract. Now, the NFL has all the right to do this. Right? We're not arguing the rights to do so, to do any of this. Because at the end of the day, you are a player, you're signed on a contract, you signed a contract, you signed on the dotted line, and you should have known what you were signing into, right? You got you got the Raiders to make uh, to give up some a lot of assets to pick you up, and now you're putting him in a predicament where let's be frank, the whole season is at risk because you feel that you can't perform in the in the equipment. So I see both sides of it here. But I need to be clear. This to me sounds like a a reasonable accommodation, right? We see this everywhere in the workplace, whether it's people with disabilities, people with special needs. Their employers are required to make accommodations to help. Now, this doesn't apply to Antonio Brown. He's not disabled in any way. However, to me, it just sounds like a simple legal matter if the player waive his rights to i don't know sue or whatever may be to any arm that may come to him due to this to him wearing a non-approved nfl approved helmet i see no reason why we shouldn't grant him this wish and just hold him accountable to that signed waiver to me it's very straightforward so why don't we just get this done but at the same time, I still understand too, because let's be honest, I'm sure there's other players out there that love the the old helmets and that probably feel more comfortable. I know when I played football, sometimes we would switch pads or switch whatever it is, equipment, and that just felt better with 
sometimes the older ones with sometimes the lesser quality ones. It it just happens. I mean, I remember our pads. We had I had players completely ripping off the pad and just keeping the top part, which provided barely any sort of support, any sort of cushion. But that's how they like to play. So. To me, it sounds like an easy solution, but at the same time, I think it's a question of big bank, take a little bank, and NFL, after that flex they did on Twitter, doesn't appear to to me that they'll be budging. Um, as far as Antonio's Brown threat to retire, I'm kind of tempted to buy it, because if we all recall, he had an interview earlier this year in March, and he had said in that interview clearly that he's more than fine walking away from the game completely healthy. And, and I've said this before, for all of these players that put their body and mind on the line, at the end of the day, if you're able to walk away healthy, have some great memories, some great highlights, I mean, what more could you ask for? There are players that played the NFL their whole lives and nobody remembers them. Antonio Brown had a great career. I think even if he retires now, he still goes down as one of the great receivers. I don't think we'll be mentioning him amongst the, the GOATs, but we certainly will mention him as far as talent-wise, one of the best receivers to play the game. So I think it's a valid threat. And something tells me it's just a tactic Antonio Brown is employing to trying to get some leverage, not on the NFL, but, well, on the NFL by forcing the Raiders to, in a sense, kind of step in for him and help his case. If I'm the Raiders, I just traded a bunch of assets to get Antonio Brown. He is a big part of my future. As much as we know the quarterback position is the most important in the NFL, I think Antonio Brown the most talented player on that team. And with that comes pretty much the future of your team. So I think they're kind of forced to having to step in, even if it's talking to Antonio Brown or trying to help help his case with the NFL. I, I just believe the Raiders may have something to do with this. Although I got a feeling they may not necessarily side on Antonio Brown's. Antonio, they may not necessarily side with Antonio Brown. Now, at the same time, I want to address this. We got other players in the league. We got older players in the league. And guess what? They all have to adhere by the same rule. So they all got to wear these new helmets. So if that's the case... Why is a 40-year-old Drew Brees, a 42-year-old the Tom Brady? I have no concerns with these helmets. But yet, Antonio Brown, you're making a big deal out of it. And I think this is the difference we've seen with... I don't want to say receivers, because although I think we know receivers are the most diva players in the NFL... But I think this is the difference between the all-time greats and some of the talented players we see in the league. A guy like Brady at his age, I, I, I don't know this, but I'm sure some of the changes to the game, whether it's NFL rules, whether it's game rules, whether it's uh, ball inflation, PS, the ball PSI, and PSI is a measurement to calculate the pressure in the ball. Whatever it is, these adjustments are things that you have to do that sometimes makes the game harder for you. But I think when you look at the all-time greats, these changes that come with the game, they take it as a challenge. 
they take it head on and pretty much look at it as I'm going to overcome this challenge and prove my greatness, right? I was talking about it on this on my epi- on my program a couple weeks ago. For guys like Brady, for guys for some of the greats, you look for challenge when you've done this so many times and you've been successful at such a high level for more than half for close to half of your career. It's hard to come back after 20 seasons and be motivated. And something small as a rule change, especially if it's something that you know favored you or something that made the game easier for you, just adds another level of obstacle that you look forward to overcome and again, prove yourself, prove to yourself your level of greatness. And... I'm not taking anything away from Antonio Brown, but I think my point is very valid and what's understood don't have to be said. But I don't want to spend too much time on this. Uh, before I move on to the NBA, I just want to talk very quickly about the Dallas Cowboys and their situation. So, of course, Ezekiel Elliott still holding out and Jerry Jones doing what he does best, staying in the media and pretty much negotiating through the media. Uh, makes it very interesting, but it's another example of big bank, take little bank. And I was talking with uh, with my with my boy Mike about with this. Ezekiel Elliott is a great running back. There's no question there. However, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line in the last five years has remained a top five offensive line in the league. In case you guys forgot, they had a guy named DeMarco Murray who had a hell of a season. Lit it up. A lot of people thought he was the next guy to be in the conversation of great running backs in the league. I never bought it because when I watched the game, he was not fast, not strong, not quick, could not make jukes or cuts that made him, you know, um, that made him unguardable. So I couldn't understand the big fuss about DeMarco Murray. And as I watch more games, I told people, but listen, if I gave the offensive line to a rookie running back, he probably still gave me 1,200 yards on the season. So to be clear, DeMarco Murray was a good, in my mind, an okay running back. I may be I may be being nice right now. And Ezekiel Elliott, in my mind, is a great running back. Let me make it clear. He's a great running back. So I'm not taking anything away from Zeke. But what I'm saying is with an offensive line who has consistently remained elite in this league, if I'm Jared Jones, I would gamble. I definitely would gamble. Do we not think Ezekiel Elliott deserves more money? Do I? I 100% think he deserves more. I say it all the time. For for what these guys put on the line, their body, the risk of injury, the lifestyle, the potential changes to their life after they play this game, they are definitely underpaid. However... 
would I be surprised if the Dallas Cowboys starts this season and uh, win their first three games? No. Would I be surprised if they plug in their backup running back and he has a great showing? No. That's what they've been doing. That's been their style of, of football. So Ezekiel Elliott has to realize he's in a peculiar situation. However, to add to the drama, reports are out saying that Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, is no longer seeking a $30 million per year extension, but is looking to have this closer to the $40 million range. So I'm sure this complicates thing in Jerry world. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle all of this. I haven't really had time to process all of this. I really just got the, just got, just saw this, uh, this, this report maybe an hour ago. I don't think Dak has earned it yet. However, the quarterback market is something that is very, uh, I don't know how to say this. Very interesting. Very fascinating. And what ends up happening is, and especially in football, where we see it completely different in other sports like basketball, even soccer, in football, we sign people and pay them for their potential. So, not based off the talent or the performance this year, which what seems to be the key in basketball and soccer, as I mentioned, a player will have a career season. We hear it all the time when guys are, are on a contract here and all of a sudden they play better than they've ever played in their life and they get rewarded for that with a contract extension or with a new contract with a new team. But in the NFL, contracts are based off potential. Which I don't think is a bad thing, especially with the fact that you got to factor that at any time, an injury could be season-ending, career-ending. So, I'm, I'm not against it at all. Now, is Dak Prescott a $40 million a year quarterback? In my mind, no. He, um, he simply is not on that level yet for me. However, will the market put him up there? I think it will. I think it will put him near the Carson Wentz. <laughs> and, and it will probably command that type of money. So, puts Jerry in a very interesting situation. You know, I made the case that Dak Prescott, of course, being the quarterback, should be signed first. Uh, we know Amari Cooper also needs to be signed. But I think right now we're seeing a situation where Jerry Jones is flexing a lot. So, stay tuned to see exactly what happens on that as uh, the football uh, season opener is getting closer. Expect to get more news on this close. I have a feeling the Zeke situation, unless Zeke caves, I have a strong feeling that he will. I have a strong feeling that he will hold out for a bit, but Jerry Jones will not bend until he really needs to. 
As for the Dax Prescott situation, I think they will get this handle very quickly. Will he get 40 mil a year? Not sure, but he certainly will be up there amongst the high paid, highest paid quarterbacks in the league. At the end of the day, you are playing for America's team. All right. Said for NFL, NCAA, big news has been the changes that the NCAA has made for agents to represent their what's interesting is we've always heard it heard it being referred to as student athletes but in their memo refer to them as student clients very interesting that they choose this this term now to be clear because I'm not an idiot I do understand the reason they do so is mainly referring to the relationship of the agent with the athlete however let's be honest for years you keep mentioning that you keep saying the term student athlete and when it's convenient for you you're using the term student client to default to excuse some new rules that you want to implement which to me systematically is excluding a group of people i'll get into that a little further uh, so, so again, the NCAA put out a, a memo making it clear that for agents to represent uh, NCAA students who want to, to who want to be part of the NBA draft, that they will require a certification from the uh, National Basketball Players Association. Uh, I believe there's also a test administered by the NCAA. And the cherry on top was that they would need a bachelor's degree, which would mean a four-year college uh, that they would need to, to attend college for four years in order to get their bachelor's degree. And all this just so that they can be eligible to to represent a student. Now, keep in mind, the current rule requires agents to... Oh, and also, I did forget to mention, they need a minimum of three years' experience, uh, I guess, managing talent. Now, again, keep in mind, the current rule requires um, that they are certified by the NBPA, that's the National Basketball Players Association of the NBA in order, of course, for them to represent students coming from college wanting to come to the NBA. Uh, as soon as the word got out of this, this was deemed the Rich Paul rule. We know Rich Paul um, just recently being uh, being made head of sports for UTA, which is a global agency company, the United Talent Agency. Which uh, which bought into his Clutch Sports Group company, and of course, with him being the highest profile agent out there, the rule clearly seemed to be aimed at him. Rich Paul, in case you don't know, met LeBron when they were in high school, selling throwback jerseys in the back of his car. They built a relationship there, and from then he he became LeBron's agent. Uh, built this empire that is Clutch Sports Group and has players signed such as Ben Simmons, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, as I mentioned, John Wall, just to name a few. In case 
you've been listening to my podcast, you know, Sports Illustrator, I have them on the cover, crowned as the kingmaker, uh, saying that the most important, most important person in this year free agency wasn't a player, wasn't a coach, wasn't a, a NBA front office exec, but in fact, it was an agent named Rich Paul. So, so getting back to this, so just again giving you guys uh, what's been going on. So yesterday, Rich Paul pulled out an article, a letter on the Athletic, and in the letter he stated how he supports the requirement of having of requiring three years experience to manage. To manage those students wanting to go to the NBA draft. He says he's even behind passing a test, getting a certification. But he made it clear that requiring four years of school systematically excludes people that look like him and people for whom Four years of college studies is not a, don't, people who don't have the means, the opportunity, nor the desire to attend college for four years. And he even mentioned the fact that when he goes back home to Cleveland, that kids, young kids are approaching him, seeing his his route, his role as a as a way out of their current situation, out of their current environment, and they look to him as a role model. And now, with the NCAA putting this role in effect, now what ends up happening is it makes it even harder. And this is a system in the NCAA that we've seen many times, we've, we've talked about many times being, I don't want to, corrupted in a sense. And it's very interesting that they would choose to do so, especially with the with the reach and the global impact that the NBA has had lately. Anyways. So, what is interesting about all of this is two things. Because first off, Rich Paul made sure to address it as complimentary, as flattering as it is for it to be called the Rich Paul rule. It really is not really going to impact what he does. It's not really going to impact his clutch sports group. All it's because re- uh, the truth is with him having such a big reach now in UTA and him being head of sports, would it be hard for Rich for Rich Paul to hire someone who has all these uh, requirements and have them then sign and at the end they still be signed to Clutch Sports, still be signed to the UTA uh, agency. I mean, to me, it's a, there's an easy workaround there. So I'm not too concerned about that. However, he does make it a point, and again, I think Rich Paul is, uh, has been very clever and very... Uh, Sophisticated in the way that he phrased it, but he really phrased it in a good way to say the truth is the rule is borderline racist. That's really what it is. And proof of that is six hours after the article came out, the NCAA amended their rule. Isn't it interesting? So they amended their rule to no longer make it mandatory 
to no longer make the bachelor's degree mandatory. Now, if you tell me this is not a response to all the backlash and the article uh, Rich Ball had with The Athletic, I don't know what to tell you. So, another win for Rich Ball. Had a hell of a free agency. Um, John Wall with the Wizards. LeBron got Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is in the Lakers as he wanted. Ben Simmons got paid. Hell of a hell of a free agency for Rich Paul. They stay winning. But good to see the NBA, NCAA doing the right thing. I don't give him any credit for the simple fact that he took the backlash. And it literally took Rich Paul writing this in an article. For people who can read between the lines, people who are smart, they fully understand that what Rich Paul was saying is the truth is the world was racist. So, with that said, good on the NCAA for realizing they're wrong in their ways and making the necessary updates. Moving on, NBA released their 2019-2020 schedule. Uh, And let's be frank here. This really means something just for ticket buyers, season ticket holders. They got to kind of plan out their year. And men who, uh, other than Christmas, are figuring out days and nights where they will 100% ignore their wife, girlfriend, or kids. Let's keep it real here. It's not a question that they don't love them. It's just a question of priorities. I'm just saying. But uh, the, the the schedule is out. I don't like to dwell too much into it. Um, I don't like to really dig into it. The one thing I did like is all the changes the NBA made. Uh, I remember just last week I was talking to my boy and I was saying, man, I might just need some coffee pills or something. I don't drink coffee. Whatever it is, something to wake me up because this 10, this 10 30 games won't keep me up. And I fully intended to stay up to watch my Lakers, some of the Warriors play, some of the Clippers games. But uh, shout out to the NBA. The NBA reduced drastically the number of games starting at 1030 Eastern time, that is. Um, they made a lot of changes. Uh, they have a lot more games playing in Europe. Uh, I believe even some parts in Asia and Africa. The... Uh, they continue to make ways to improve the game for players, for teams. Uh, there, There is no instances where a team is going to play four games in five days. Uh, I believe they reduce the back-to-backs, back-to-back games. So a lot of changes that the NBA has made to make the game better. So a big shout-out, uh, Adam Silver continuing to be progressive and just one of the greatest commissioners in sports in general. So a big, uh, a big shout-out there. I can't wait. By the way, MLK and Christmas days, book me off. Do not call me. Do not text me. I'm watching basketball. You know what's good. Follow my Twitter if you want the updates. So before I go, got to give a big shout out to the biggest boss, Ricky Rouse, Rose. Rick Ross dropped his album, his 10th album, Port of Miami 2. I know a lot of y'all may not relate, but in my uh, growing up, in my teenagehood, 
I remember the Port of Miami. This was Rick Ross' debut album. It had such a big impact on me growing up. That thing was just a classic. And for him, nine albums later, to come back and deliver another classic album. I mean, it's real hip-hop at its best. The music is great. Only disappointment I have is Pusha T was removed from that Maybach Music 6 song. <sighs> Something for me to talk about on another on another podcast. But, man, strongly encourage it. I was listening to it on a drive to a friend, heading to a barbecue this weekend. And, man, four songs in, I had to text one of my boys and tell him, the verdict is immaculate. That's how I felt about it. Rick Cross continued to deliver, staying true to what he does, staying true to what he's been giving us, and just giving us another gem to jam to for the rest of the year. So big shout out, Port of Miami 2. Get it supported. Available on all platforms. Matter of fact, it's exactly what I'm about to uh what I'm about to what I'm about to play. But again, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you on this beautiful sunny Tuesday. I uh, hope y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Top of the morning. Deuces. And before I go, I'm going to leave you with this from Port of Miami, too. Enjoy it.